This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined as I am each week by the former glory welterweight champion of the world, the entrepreneur behind Bazooka Kickboxing and MMA in Toronto. If you want to go, the gym is back open. And yep. if you don't want to go, you can go to bazookatraining.com and do it from home. So lots That's of options it. to get your Joe fix uh, beyond this show. Yeah, lots of options. So no excuses is the key because you can do it anywhere now, right? Home, if you have a bag at home, if you don't have a bag at home, if you have a gym, you can do it at a gym. If you have a partner, you can do it with a partner. So no excuses. And quite frankly, Joe and I are very uh, – we're tired of your excuses. You just need to go and do it. That's it. Yeah, it's enough. Enough's enough. I'm here. You can come see my sister at the front. Very friendly, ready to go. I got bags ready, so no excuses. That's right. it. I've been uh, I've been playing basketball a lot this summer. I've I've improved my jump shot a lot. So that's oh, been you you practiced uh, Shane? Sorry, not I keep saying Shane. The Sean O'Malley uh, jump shot, <laughs> and he just got a tattoo of himself on his so, neck. So well, I won't don't be get doing that, that. Don't get that carried away, no, please. I won't be okay? doing that. I'm 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 part of the uh, the the Bazooka Joe uh, tattoo free society. So. We'll stick yeah, with there that. you go. Yeah, try to watch fights these days without tattoos. Yeah. It's weird. It's like the one it's I rare. told you uh, a couple of weeks ago. We the had first the, one, yeah. The Joe Valtellini Invitational to uh, tattoo-free fighters. Uh, well, that's it. What can we say about AJ McKee? What a performance against Patricio Pitbull. He looked just uh, phenomenal, and uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate to know that he's not going to be in the UFC for some time, but. I just thought that that win just blew – that knocked my socks off because I, I regard Patricio Pitbull as a top 10 pound-for-pound fighter in the world. He's that good. And if he's yeah. that good and A.J. McKee beats him like that, how good is A.J. McKee? Yeah. And you know what it kind of reminded me of? the Because it was so quick. You don't really get to see things. You know, you don't really get to see what real training was, the ability to adapt, to, to, to overcome obstacles like that's that's a tough thing and we didn't get to see it because he was so dominant and it was fantastic but it reminded me of the the Aldo McGregor fight mm -hmm. where you didn't really get to see things unfold um, I mean it was great finish and you get the hype and you deserve all the attention but we really don't know how that fight would have went into the second the third and, and you know but hey you finish someone early that's part of the game and that's a great thing so I don't really think we know how good the kid is yet I mean I don't want to call him a kid, but we don't know how good he is yet. He's fantastic, and I just think there's so much potential behind him that, like, we can see a next superstar. To be honest, well, I think we great. know how good he is. I just don't know. How, I don't know how good he's gonna be. Like, I feel like the sky is just the absolute limit for this kid. Like, he he could end up being one of the greatest of all time. It's like yeah. right now he just beat one of the guys that I think is the, one of the greatest featherweights of all time, and he beat him yeah. so quickly. It reminded me actually of uh, Jones Machida, the finish. Like, I you don't see a lot of standing guillotine finishes, especially in championship fights. And that's what yeah. it reminded me of. Just you've got that kind of young guy with the pep in his step against the kind of legend of the division. Machida was a former champion at that at that point of time. Like that was cool to see. Yeah, no, he's great. I think he has the uh, just the. It's not like a, an overly like loud personality, right? But it's it's a confident one. It's one where he I don't know. It, it's himself kind of thing. He doesn't. You can tell he's not trying to be anything else. And I just like the vibe he brings, and I think he's going to be something good in the sport. I just, I'm, I'm part of the side that I really think he needs to get over to the UFC eventually to prove his worth. Um, I know 
I think what it's going to do is I think he's going to go from his talking to the lightweight division, kind of get that, get that double champ status. I think there's going to be a point where that jump's going to be like the Chandler jump. It's, 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 it's inevitable, I believe, with him. Well, I think so, too. I think that at one point, some point in time, he's going to exhaust his options in Bellator. Although, that being said, you've got all of these great guys from Kazakhstan coming up. Like, I want to see how Usman Nurmagomedov looks. I want to see how... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, like uh, the, the guy who beat Brent Primus, whose name I keep forgetting, Rachmanov or something along those lines, he looked really good. Uh, another guy coached by Khabib. You've got uh, Hassan Magomedsharipov. Uh, you know, you've got all these young... Uh, guys from Dagestan that are coming up, and that's like what I want to see AJ McKee face eventually. Because it, right now, I don't think there's a, a, a great fit for him. Um, yeah. I think the next fight is fairly obvious, which would be the 155 pound title. Like if you're Pitbull, you want you want to get this one back, and you have something to yeah. put up. You have collateral. <laughs> like you have that yeah, lightweight yeah. belt. Yeah, but it, to lose both, that's tough, man. That that would be a yeah. very I don't think he would be thinking that way, correct? Well, yeah, it's probably deep inside of him. Like, I mean, you just got finished so quickly. I mean, it's tough. It's so, a tough. It's a tough mindset. So here's the options, in my opinion. Like, if Patricio doesn't want to defend the 55 belt and wants to take some time off, the next opponent should be Patricky Pitbull, like his yeah. brother. He's the number there one contender at, at lightweight. If he's gonna move up yeah. to lightweight, have him face Patricky, like yeah, three yeah. round fight, and then it'll make the Patricio even angrier. <laughs> if yeah. You know. Like that's yeah, what we builds the storyline. Hey, why not? Yeah, yeah I, I can see that's that. That's you play it, I think, yeah. uh, if I'm Bellator. I, I don't think, you know, Mads Brunel beat Emmanuel Sanchez, but I don't think it was anything to write home about. It was a, a good performance, but, you know, yeah. didn't didn't blow the doors off. And I know Big John thought that, based on damage, Emmanuel Sanchez won. So, um, yeah, let's see. I, I, I'm what, curious. Yeah. What scares me, though, with these Dagestani fighters is that they're so good that, like – it's hard to want to put superstars against them sometimes, you know, because I mean, it's you like build AJ it, McKee, that's what you got to do, because if AJ McKee yeah. loses, then you're just building another superstar. Right. Yeah. Like, but I mean, I mean like you almost need a, a little bit more because Khabib was popular, not because of the personality, because of how dominant he was, you know, and he was able to do it so strong. But it's almost like, can there be another Conor McGregor? You can try. It's very difficult to kind of replicate that. So I think it's going to be really hard to create a, a Dagestani superstar until they become so dominant. But I think Bellator needs to keep that personality in their championship to keep the, I think, the the sport in their division um, a little bit more exciting. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Right now, it doesn't look like there's tons out there for AJ McKee because of how quickly he blew through that tournament. But I think that as time progresses, as Aaron Pico gets better, like there's going to be a lot of different options, I think, that come, that come around over time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, hey, I mean, if AJ McKee is just going to be smoking everybody in Bellator, I think that that's when the demand for him to go to the UFC will be there. And I th think he can only raise his stock. But here's yeah. the thing. We've got to remember that the people listening to this show and us that follow the sports so closely, like AJ McKee is a big deal to us. But... How many followers do you think AJ McKee has on Twitter? How many do you think he had before the fight, and how many do you think he has now, if you were to guess? Uh, from Twitter? I, I think AJ's younger, so I don't know. Is Twitter a priority for him? I think more of an Instagram would be probably a more... Um, but I would say uh, not maybe 50K on Twitter, max. Okay, is that before or after the fight, in your opinion? Uh, I would say after. Okay, so before the fight, he had 3,500 followers. And after okay. the fight, he had 5,400 followers. Okay. But that's so me, Twitter where he doesn't really focus on, right? Me, the goofy guy with glasses, has seven times the amount of followers as yeah. AJ McKee yeah, but, on Twitter. 
but your Twitter is incredible. I feel you have you are you're exceptional at Twitter. Okay. I think okay. your your heart because so, you're very so good. So he is the you, biggest star of Bellator right now. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. What's his Instagram okay. following? So us, how, us how many young kids? I just looked at here. how many followers you have on Instagram. Bazooka Joe. Yeah. Eighty-five thousand okay. followers. Yeah. He has ninety-nine thousand followers. Okay, I was going to say probably considering has Considering the platform K. that he has compared to you, I mean, I know yeah. millions of people listen to the show worldwide, so I mean, I, I'm not trying to take away from this show, but uh, that's still not a big number. No, like, but name, if I was competing random, still, like, I, like I would many, have a million. How many followers does Sean Strickland have on Instagram? Uh, probably 40, 50K maybe. 70K. Okay. So, I mean, you're still looking at... And like, that's a lot because he probably gained probably 20,000 over the past weekend. But the thing, here's the probably thing. If you name big. random UFC headliners, most of them have more followers than AJ McKee. And then you yeah, look at the yeah. ratings of that event. It was not, like, any bigger than their previous events where the ratings have been reported since they've moved to yeah. Showtime. Like, well, they, yeah. So how My many, honest answer is I don't really know him. I didn't know him that well either before mm -hmm. this tournament. Right. That's an honest answer, right? Yeah. But still, I mean, if this is the guy that you're that is the face of your franchise, and he so basically that fight I think was the biggest Bellator fight of all time, or at least up there, because you've got this young undefeated guy facing the best guy in the history of your promotion. That's a big deal, and the yeah. viewership. Like, okay, so I'll ask you this: How many viewers do you think peak viewership the UFC had versus Bellator in terms of peak viewership? Is, is it possible to know Bellator based on... Yeah, like, it's been reported. We, us, I've been to watch on YouTube as well. Is that included no, in that? No, I'm just, just linear television. Okay. Um, well, because Bellator on YouTube is just in Canada. It's not like it's... Well, it's, it's not in the U.S. Like the U.S. viewers don't get okay. to watch it on YouTube. Okay, so we're just talking about TV viewership in the on US. the two. Um, I would say Bellator, 100,000. Okay, 100, and uh, what about the UFC? Uh, I would say... 150,000. Okay. Well, keep in mind that the, my, UFC, was, my the, way UFC, was on, the UFC was on ESPN. So, I mean, okay. you, you automatically have the bars and all kinds of stuff that are just going to be playing ESPN. Um, and in your opinion, Strickland versus Hall, that event last week with Cheyenne Bays taking on Gloria De Paula as the co-main event. Like, that's, that's the worst card of the year. Like, Yeah, it was up there, yeah. It's, it's up there for the worst card of the year. It, it was on paper, but I thought it was okay like to watch. It was entertaining. But, yes, on paper, when you looked at the card, it wasn't the the best of, of names on it, right? Yeah, so I'm going to pull up Kevin Ioli's Twitter because he tweeted out what the ratings were, and uh, I will share them with you. So the peak viewership for Strickland and Hall during the main event, 953,000. 950. Yes, wow. nearly a million. That's a lot. And Bellator. Oh, way off. During, Bellator during peak, you weren't way off. 177,000 for Pitbull McKee during peak. Okay. So we're okay. talking six yeah. times, five yeah. to six times the amount of viewers. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought the UFC was that high for a, for a non-big like big card, but that's still pretty impressive. just shows how big the machine is now. But that's exactly it. Like My argument is that people that watch MMA casually just think the UFC is MMA. Like They don't, they don't know about AJ McKee. They don't know about yeah. Pitbull. They don't know about Bellator some, in some cases, I would imagine. They don't know that it's a thing. Yeah. And Showtime, yeah. you need to go out of your way to subscribe to, be there to watch it. And then if you can't watch it live, you have to go on the Showtime app and watch it back. Like it, There's just a lot of impediments to watching Bellator. Yeah. Well, I think what's going to happen is how do you keep AJ McKee? The first money. thing is money. <laughs> but the thing is now, now you're starting to see – 
news articles coming out about where does he stand in the pound for pound and the conversation. How does he do? So there's going to become a point where his legacy is going to become a that little bit more important than money. And I think that's when the switch happens. Right now, we just got a million dollars. The next fight, he's probably going to contract negotiations, going to do well. But within a year, I don't think there's going to be a point where that money, whether it's he gets a million a year versus that 300 and maybe he gets 500,000 from the UFC. That difference is worth it with sponsorships, with the attention. His now social media, you know, his Instagram is going to be almost half a million. It's I think that all becomes worth it at some point. But that's the question, though. Is the platform big enough that it can get the half a million? Is there going to be enough fanfare around him that people are going to make it appointment viewing to watch AJ McKee? I guess I think we'll know a little bit more next car, next time he fights because now yeah. I think people are talking about him. There's a buzz, um, especially yeah. in the fashion that he beat Pitbull. Yeah. So we'll the see. the interesting factor to me would be what was the difference in Chandler's jump from Bellator to UFC, right? Like maybe pre when he was in Bellator, I'd like to see how much his uh, social media would have grown. Because honestly, it sounds weird, but that's our measure of growth these days is how his following is doing. All right. Okay. Well, let me let me tell you here. Well, you kill some. You can time. find those stats. You kill you some time. Tell stats? me. Tell me what you thought about the Michael Chandler. Uh, sorry about the, uh, the AJ McKee fight or Strickland versus Hall. Give me just give me your yeah. analysis, and in the meantime, I'll look up those numbers for you. Well, I, I think uh, I'm more interested in the Strickland versus Hall fight, just as I predicted based on my experience with Sean and watching him. His pressure, man, is just too much. And when you watch a, a Uriah Hall. In, in the past, Uriah Hall needs distance to do well. He needs to bounce. He needs to be patient. He needs room to kick. Strickland was in his face from the start. Like, he doesn't move back. And I kind of liked what he was saying. He got the most strikes landed in the fight. But to him, it was like, okay, that's cool. But that just means I don't hit hard. And that's the thing I think Strickland's going to have to develop eventually. He's going to need that little bit more power to make guys – a little bit more scared, but that cumulative pressure that he brings, I think, is one of the best in the UFC. The way he just sticks to you, the volume he pushes on you, the jab. I think Strickland has a unique style, and I think the style is developed because that motorcycle accident, his legs were damaged really badly. So I don't know how many kicks he can take, how many kicks he can throw himself. So the system of just pressuring has really, really valued him really well, and I I think it was your tweet that uh, there's rumors with him and Rockhold next. And I think that's a, a super difficult fight for him. For Rockhold or for uh, Strickland? For Strickland. Yeah, I I'm, think, I'm uh, I think I think Rockhold is interesting yeah, that's a, But that's kind of the one you need. You need someone who's confident to kind of strike. But we don't know how you know the, the chin of Rockhold will hold up to that pressure. But Rockhold's fantastic on the ground, right? Rockhold. Colt can wrestle. His jiu-jitsu is fantastic. So I think that's a, a tough matchup for both of the guys, to be honest. But I think, I don't know who would be a, a small favorite going into that one. Yeah, I think that uh, that's certainly interesting. I'm trying to pull up Michael Chandler's uh, way back machine to see what the deal is with him. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's working for some reason. So. That's probably pretty hard to find, no? No, not really. Not really. You just use, use the old way back machine. What's the Wayback Machine? The Wayback Machine takes you, it's like a time machine for uh, for the internet. It takes you back in time. And, you and can, that's uh, you can something you can do? Yeah. Oh. So I'm trying to see. It's just not It's not letting me pull it up for some reason. But, uh, for Instagram or yeah, for – Yeah, not letting me pull it up yeah. for Instagram. I can pull it up for Twitter, but do you think that matters? Yeah. You want to, would you, are you interested in the Twitter stats? Sure. Okay, let's see. He's a little older, so you might be a little bit more involved into Twitter. 
So Twitter's like an old guy platform now, is what you're I saying? I think so, yeah. The young kids. I would say the old old TikTok people platform is, platform is Facebook. Facebook, you're 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 a that's like octogenarian. You're a, you're a grandpa. Yeah. You're a grandpa if you're if you're on Facebook still. <laughs> I'm yeah. not on TikTok. Facebook still. For the record, Sna- uh, me, I'm 36 years old. I was still too old for Snapchat. I never got into Snapchat, and I can't really get too into TikTok. I started posting a little bit on TikTok, just some pad videos. One of my videos, the the first video I ever posted on TikTok, got over 300,000 views. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. My <laughs> first video ever, 300,000 views on TikTok. And then I was like, man, I want to keep posting more. And then they kind of like fizzle out. It must have hit the front page and I got some nice heat yeah. and then fizzled out. I'm trying to think of how I can present my news. In, uh, what I'm thinking of doing is you, you take like one of those Apple filters where like I, I would be like an owl and just like I would just present MMA news as an owl. It'd just be yeah. Aaron Bronstetter and I'd be like in an, in an, with an owl head. And be like, why the so owl? Today, I don't things. know. You got to do things. Fun you just for like TikTok. owls. There you go. I could dance and put an owl head on and be like, so today Dana White he mentioned that Sean Strickland might be fighting yeah. Luke Rockhold. And then like I do a fun and dance who, and then, who, then the kids who all hit like. Who's gonna win? Yeah. Who who who's yeah. gonna win? <laughs> who will he fight next? <laughs> who, who's go. gonna win? Who yeah. should he I, fight? I just don't think TSN would appreciate me doing an- owl animations for uh for. I don't TikTok. know. It's a pretty good idea though. I've got I've got your Chandler numbers for you. So. There's a screenshot of Chandler's followers in May of 2020. He signed with the UFC in July of 2020. Okay. This is before he signed with the UFC. He had 48,000 followers on Twitter. That's and today, good. he has 122,000 followers on Twitter. So he almost tripled okay. his Twitter. And he's an active he's an active yeah, Twitter. Yeah, he's an active guy on Twitter, yeah. Okay, so there you go. I'm sure even Instagram's even more. Probably. He's yeah. got a million followers on Instagram. So There you go. I don't know yeah. how you can see how long ago he had it or anything like that, but... Yeah, I, for whatever reason, I couldn't pull that up. But either way, uh, it, you're right. I mean, it's just a bigger platform. It's a bigger deal. Yeah, and that's worth money to me, right? That jumping from 50000 to 150000 that's basically worth probably a hundred grand in a year if someone were to buy that type of you know, quality. And then you can on also your own. advertise companies, right? Like the, uh, you get a lot more advertising exactly. potential with bigger numbers. Yeah, your sponsorship now. People want to, you know, put their products and just money comes from that. Yeah. So, like the sports yeah. books and the CBD people are just calling them off the hook. They, they want, That's they it. Want, they yeah. Want to get, they want to get in on the action. Yeah. As soon as I my Instagram started doing well, I got the the betting site started coming yeah, now. So go. I was like, all right, that's it. It's getting better. <laughs> all right. So. Uh, my bets were so close to being a total home run this week. And then because Strickland didn't get the finish, it ended up being a, a man night. If, if Strickland would have gotten a finish in round three, four, or five, and he was close to getting one in three and four, that would have been a good night for a TSN edge. But uh, oh well. Yeah, you did fantastic. I think the one that you called out and the one poor guy, I don't know how to say his name, but let me tell you, that guy is a beast. Who, Chris Grutzmacher. Chris oh, Grutzmacher, yeah. Grutzmacher. You picked him to win. I, I think, think he was, was like a, a plus. Yeah. And I was like, all right. I'm like, Aaron believes in him. So let me put a little bit of uh, money on him. And let me tell you, that guy's a monster, he man. Is, man. I'm telling Good you. call. Nice well, call. Well, the thing is, he looked bad in his last fight. He was on a, a big layoff. Looked bad in his last fight against Alexander Hernandez, who's like a borderline ranked guy at lightweight. Yeah. So he's, he's facing a guy that just came in on short notice and lost to Nazareth Hackbrust. And that guy's a minus 300 favorite. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man. But you should have seen me behind the scenes. Dominic, who runs our TSN Edge, was texting me, hey, do you like Cheyenne Bays to win? I was like, yeah, I think she'll win. 
he ends up betting her by KO. I, I, it was plus, it was 10 to 1 for her to win by KO. I was like, I yeah. didn't tell you to bet her by KO. Yeah, I just said win. Yeah. yeah. So he ends up betting her by KO and wins. And he goes, anything else you like? I go, take Usman Nurmagomedov by KO. It was like plus 130. Yeah. He, to win, he was minus 1300. KO was plus 130. So I was like, take him by, whatever, take him by KO. Yeah, so why he not? Won, he won by KO and he goes, okay. He was like, oh, I'm on a roll. Anything else you like? I go, AJ McKee by sub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> plus yeah. 450. So. Bam. So yeah, he, he had a good night. Toss you a little bit of money. He should. He owes you a little bit. Who Dominic? He owes you a little bit. He, he owes you a dinner. He owes me a Mendy's. He owes you a lunch. You don't yeah, want Seinfeld. You don't good. get that joke. No, I just got through Curb. I there you can't, go. I got to go through Seinfeld now. Or just go through Curb again because it's amazing. But uh, yeah, I agree. Speaking of lines that don't make any sense this week, my TSN Edge recommendation for Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gunn. Lewis by KO is plus four fifty. Like I don't care what happens in this fight. If you can get Derek Lewis by plus 450 in a heavyweight you fight, take it. you take it. Yeah. Am I right? No, you're right. I mean, I wouldn't drop the house on it. I'd maybe put just a little part of it. But, uh, yeah, you sprinkle money on that plus 400 with Derek Lewis, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because Derek plus Lewis, four. let's face it, the only way he wins this fight is by KO. Like, Absolutely. So, in this fight, this is the way I see this fight. Derek Lewis doesn't settle for these point-fighting affairs. Like, Cyril Gaon, he can get Volkov to play that game. He can get Rosenstroik, a former kickboxer, to play that game. Derek Lewis is going to play that game. Derek Lewis, if, if Cyril Gaon's doing pitter-patter stuff, getting in and out, it's just going to frustrate Lewis, and he's going to take risks in this fight. This yeah. is a championship on the line in his hometown at a sold-out arena. Yeah, he's swinging. He's swinging. He's swinging. That's so, it. Like, I mean, take, some points shot. in the fight, he's swinging. Whether it's in the first round, then he gasses himself out. Well, he's swinging. If it's the last second of the fight... And he gets up. He might lay on his back at some points for four minutes and, you know, 30 seconds. But he'll stand up and they'll throw bombs. So you take that plus 450. And I spoke to Derek like Lewis it. about this fight. And I said, like, you know, is Cyril Gaon, his, his style, unattractive to people that want to watch heavyweight fighting? Because heavyweight fighting, you're thinking about guys. And he was like, he goes, I think so. And he goes, you know, the guy just doesn't take a lot of risks. He's like, but, you know, he goes, let me touch you. Let me touch you during the fight. <laughs> So let's yeah, see, yeah. See what happens because Derek yeah. Lewis has the kiss of death. I mean, let's let's face it. Cyril Gunn, I'm sure he's fought a lot of good Muay Thai guys over the years, a lot of good mixed martial artists as we've seen. But Derek Lewis has something that you cannot train for. Yeah, yeah. You can't he's a fighter. train for getting hit by yeah. a, like unless you're going to stand in front of a car and let it hit you. Like you're probably not going to feel what it's like to get hit by Derek Lewis. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to sit. Like he's improved a little bit as a technician, but I mean, watching the. Uh, countdowns to it like he took his first fight after a month of training like he's a natural born fighter just pure mm -hmm. power even i'm surprised he got so high in the division with the skills that he had you know like he's not very he was out of shape he was tired and he just got to the highest level in the world just being that tough kind of guy i mean i i think it's a little bit disrespectful to be have gone at minus 400 on some sites that's insane to me yeah so when i talk to Derek lewis i can never get a good feel for how he trains and what he's like and what what he does in the gym and all that stuff he just he's just taking cracking jokes all the yeah. time so yeah. i said hey, I, I gotta contact bob perez his coach have, have you ever met bob perez the guy with the mustache that the curly mustache no i just i just watch him on the shows and countdown yeah. i'd like to so he i, I seems interviewed like a bob cool perez dude. yesterday i called him up yeah. Unfortunately, it was a bad connection, so I don't have much of the interview. I will put some of it on the TSN MMA Show interview edition. But he was basically saying that uh, Derek Lewis was doing six six uh, days a week of training. He 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 goes. I said to him, I go, do you think that Derek tries to like make people underestimate him by just being funny and disarming? Like it's 
and he was like, yeah, I think so. He goes, he goes, Derek's an unbelievable athlete. He goes, Derek has great timing. Mm-hmm. He, I, I said, like, are people willing to spar Derek in the gym? And he was like, they are now. He goes, Derek knows how to spar now. He goes, back in the day, he would just, like, knock people's heads off. And he didn't understand. Yeah. The, he would just turn into a fight. <laughs> He'd go from yeah. zero to yeah. 60. Yeah. But, uh, and the other big key for Derek was that he hasn't lost since he had his knee surgery. His back was, he had chronic back pain where he, had, he couldn't, there were hours of the day where he had to lie down. He just couldn't, the pain was that bad. And then he got knee surgery, and Bob Perez told me, like, the doctors told him, don't get this knee surgery until after your career. But he decided to get it during his career because the back pain was so unbearable, and he hasn't lost since. Like, it's, it's really helped him in terms of his ability to train, his ability to fight the way he wants to fight. So just a lot of different X factors going into this fight for Derek Lewis. Yeah, I think it's his mentality, right? Like, he was a guy where he knows he has power, but he's not scared to get hit. I mean, he'll go in there and he'll fight anyone – um, with that mentality, and I think he's not scared to get hit. He's not scared to get knocked out, and he just trusts in his power. And I think that's enough for him to to go well without having to wrestle, without having to practice jujitsu. Like he's just that confident, and I like that. I mean, sometimes maybe if you over if you made him grapple too much, if you made him wrestle too much, what happens? And he starts guessing himself. He's like, I suck at this. I hate this. So he, they put him in an environment where he gets to do what he loves. He does. His conditioning seems to be all with like a sports trainer. Like he does the sled pulls. He does the hammer. So focusing on conditioning, and it's worked. It's really worked for him. And here's the thing. I don't think Gon's going to shoot takedowns in this fight. I think Gon's going to try to keep the standing, try to keep range. And more often than not, I think Gon wins this fight. But yeah. I, just... I think Gon will mix it up personally. I think you'll see him shoot a little bit. I, I think, think you'll see him use the clinch. I think that would be a mistake. For him to shoot, I think it would be a mistake. Because Derek Lewis, I think, will either stuff it. And, and start landing some big elbows or something like, or he, he we saw what happened to Curtis Blades when Curtis Blades finally shot on him. He timed it perfectly. Derek yeah. Lewis has great timing. Like, yeah, I don't think the thing is Gon's not going to shoot at the legs, right? He's going to go and he's going to use a clinch, like a, mm-hmm. a hand tie clinch, and then he'll use like a Greco style of foot sweeps, putting him against the cage. Like Gon's really good where he uses like a tie clinch, pushes you against the cage. He'll hand fight you, then kind of foot sweep you a little bit, trip you off balance you, then take you down that way. But he won't shoot for the legs. That would be the biggest mistake because he knows that power uh, that Francis has. He'll crack you with an uppercut coming in. So to beat a, a, a power striker, you're all the way in or you're all the way out. And that's what Gon does really well is manages the distance. Where Lewis, though, he's going to crash the distance. You make He'll take you out of that comfort zone. So that's why the fight's exciting. But I think more of like a tie clinch for Gon and, and pressing Lewis against the cage, trying to wear him out, will actually be the strategy. Well, I'm eager to see what happens. I think Gon is a very impressive fighter. And uh, I think that this is going to be a fun one. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And, it's and interesting. You, you look at the rest of the main card, and every fight is almost an even-money fight. You got Aldo versus Munoz, Luque versus Chiesa, Tisha Torres versus Angela Hill, and uh, yeah. Song Yudong against Casey Kenny. I mean, those are great fights in terms of just high-level competition and, and very competitive fights. Aldo yeah. Munoz, he, I have no, I couldn't tell you what's going to happen in that fight. I have no idea. No, I don't know. I mean, what's is so interesting it was when I was uh, preparing for the show, I was hearing that, Aldo and Munoz are the same age? They're two days apart, yeah. Yeah, You would think that Aldo has been 10 years yeah, older, right. for sure, based mm-hmm. on his experience and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Like, I'm... Munoz is fantastic. Like, the, the, he's really good. And, I mean, that's... A, that's a, I agree that it's a pick em fight, but I think Aldo's been looking good lately. So, I might kind of edge out Aldo in this fight, yeah, also Aldo's because I'm a fan. Favorite. I do have a TSN edge pick on it. I, I like the over. It's over two and a half. 
Um, if you parlay the over two and a half in I this like fight that. with the over two and a half in Tisha Torres, Angela Hill, it's about even money. So that, that was my recommendations. I like that. I like that. I kind of agree with I that. I see a finish in either of those fights. Yeah. But, now, I'm curious to hear your Kiesa Luque. Yeah, so that's what I want to hear. I mean, this is another one that I, I just I don't know how this one's going to go. I, I mean, listen, Kiesa looked so good in his last fight, but Luque is a scary guy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just it's interesting because I think that Luque has more ways to win this fight. But I think if the best Chiesa shows up, that he can win that fight. Like, that he can win this fight. It's just, it's a very tough one to call. It's one that I, I couldn't recommend either way. This is just one I'm going to sit back, watch, and enjoy. I don't really have a, a very strong prediction on it. I think gun to my head, I take Luke, but it's it's a very close fight. Yeah, That's probably the fight. It, it's I don't know if that, it's weird, but that's probably the fight I'm most excited for. I think... Luque has the advantage on the feet. Kiesa's grappling and, and clinching is the advantage. But I think I think I have to roll with Kiesa here. I think he's going to be able to close the distance, use his clinching and grappling, and he's going to be the bigger guy. He's massive. And he, the way he kind of closes that distance, I think he gets it done and possibly in the distance via submission or decision. Right, so two fights in the prelims I'm really eager to see. Uh, Bobby Green against uh, Rafael yep. Kuziev. That's going to be a fun yep. one. Big and, time. And um, Manel Kopp against Ode Osborne. That's another good one in the flyweight division. Manel Kopp. That sounds familiar too. And, and I remember. Rising. Okay, and yes. Rising. He's 0 2 in the UFC right. so far, right. if I'm not mistaken. He lost his uh, first fight against Pantoja. I'm trying to remember who his second fight was against. Uh, against Nicolau. He lost a split decision to Nicolau in his last fight, too. Um, I just think that his fighting style is not super conducive to the. The way the fights are scored. He just doesn't land a lot of damage. He lands a lot of volume. He's a good technical fighter. I think Ode Osborne has a much better chance of landing damage in this fight. Yeah, I think Ode is... Because uh, remember, I, uh, when I was with Malcolm, he was going to fight Ode Osborne. And I looked him up and I was like, this kid's good, scary, good striker, left kicks. Like, he he's very good. He's a school teacher too, which I really liked. And um, yeah, I think Osborne can get it done. I think he's it's going to be a good fight though. That's one I'm looking forward to. Even though I think uh, Manel's a minus two hundred. Don't yeah. count out Osborne I in this Osborne one. I Osborne on TSN Edge as well. Yeah, um, I like that for sure. Yeah, and I like Fiziev by knockout is plus two hundred. That surprised me. Fizy like Fiziev's a world class striker. Yeah, I don't. I think Bobby Green's footwork, his experience Ooh, okay, on the feet's good. I think that if anything, he'll Fiziev will get the decision. I don't think he can finish Bobby Green. Okay, well we'll see. Yeah. I think Bobby Green's technical striking is one of the best in the UFC. Oh, he's, he's got great boxing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like his footwork, his ability to switch stances, um, his movement, his hands are down, punching on angles. Oh, not gonna be something he rips the body. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a, a, a very good fight because I think you can put Bobby Green with anyone on the feet and I'm confident like, it'll he'll do well. So I'm interested in that as well. All right. Uh Oh, man, I, I'm seeing the headline on MMA Junkie. White hopes Belfort viciously KOs crackhead De La Hoya. I really should have asked him about that fight. Um, but, uh, Nico Montano, released by the UFC. She missed weight badly last week. And uh, that, and that was how, how much? What was badly? I don't remember. It was like 142. Okay, so seven pounds? Yeah, seven pounds. Six pounds? Seven I guess pounds. the six with the one-pound yeah, allowance. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's not but, yeah, and that's happened multiple times with her? Well, I mean, she lost the title to Shevchenko basically on the scale. Like she just she didn't make it the way, and her body shut down on her. Hmm. 
Um, well, so got to get that down. Like, I mean, I just why like you miss once, you miss twice. Like the UFC has been forcing people into other weight classes. So I'm surprised. Like after you miss once, like they really force you in. And I mean, one example I can bring is Chad Dupree. Chad was a small, small welterweight, but I think he had maybe problems once at 155 yeah, and I then remember. they right away threw him in but i'm like you should see how small chad is for 170 mm-hmm. when he was fighting lima he was yeah, lima was, was massive mm-hmm. and when they did a body scan when we went to the performance institute together they did a body scan and like he could have easily done 155 but they said no they want him in welterweight from one minor mistake yeah. he was forced to go in a weight class up if i recall i just don't remember but like what's chad doing start doing days? that then uh, he's a police officer. Okay, so is he retired? He's a retired, and then now he's with the London police. Yeah, oh, good. Loves it. Loves his job there. He was uh, right away. He knew that was the the exit plan. His uh, one of his main coaches from young, uh, Leo Lux, is a is a is a big kickboxer in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, trains out of there. So Leo is a cop there. So then they got that chat in. So. That's what I to be honest. That's who I want to see become cops. You know, guys like Chad who are well ex- experienced, and now Chad trains the other guys. You know, so right. within the London Police, Chad's training them. They've contacted me. They're gonna want to come here and train, right? So like, Chad's introducing them to martial arts. He's introduced them to grappling. He's connecting them with other people to continue their craft, and they all want to learn martial arts. So. I think that is one of the the types of people because in these fighting and, and chaos situation i have a feeling chad could be calm he knows how to control people through grappling he doesn't have to use force and weapons i think it's a it's a nice move so good on chad i'm happy for that move yeah, good news for chad and if you're uh, thinking of becoming a prospective criminal in the london ontario area you might want yeah to careful yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you to better start training that. if you're gonna yeah. try to <laughs> run away from that man all right uh a couple more notes. Dana White says that the UFC are looking to rebook Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez at uh, November thir- on November 13th. That has not been finalized as of yet. Um, UFC 267 looks like that's going to be on ABC, or at least that, that's what they're hoping. They're hoping to have that on, on ABC. It's going to air in the afternoon uh, stateside It's because it's in uh, Abu Dhabi on Fight Island. So we're going to basically get a uh, pay-per-view for free, a numbered event for free, which we haven't hey. seen in some time. That's awesome. There's a, a few fights that have popped up that I've been excited for. I heard about Paulo Costa Vittori. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be a nice, fantastic Lots of fight. Anger. Lots of anger there. Yeah, lots two angry dudes. Big, strong, aggressive. Um, I think the official one I heard was uh, Makashev and RDA. Yep. Mm-hmm. That that became official. That'll be on the I was TV, excited on for the TV card on UFC 267. Yeah, so, I mean, some exciting stuff coming up. I like the matchups. Um, I, I saw they booked something a... for December. I was like, no. Oh, it was Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, who was that? Yes, Cody Garbrandt. And I'm yes, thinking that's December. I was like, like let's not talk about December. December. We're still enjoying pool weather here. Let's, 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 yeah. you know, take, let's calm down. That's insane. Don't report that until like October. You don't need to report that now. I don't want to see that yeah. in December. Yeah, that scares <laughs> me. We're like, really? It's. I didn't like that either when I saw that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I got to run. I've got to do an interview with Michael Chiesa. So let's uh, let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, thanks, Joe. Appreciate your right. time. We'll be back next week to recap UFC 265. And uh, again, Bazooka Kickboxing MMA is open. If you're in the Toronto area, you can come check it out. Yeah. Say hi Even to Joe. Even if you're not in Toronto, it's okay. Even Drive. In We're off yeah, the 401. It's quick. I got people coming from all over. So right off the 401. Like Thornhill, Bolton, wherever you want to come from. That's it. Say hi you to want Joe. the best Say training. Say hi to Joe. Say you listen to the yeah. show and uh, Joe will treat you nicely. I'll treat you good. I'll treat you good. All right. All right. Thanks, Joe. We'll be back next week. Talk to you then.
All right. Boom. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.